coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. It's not to say there's anything wrong with having a business partner because sometimes if you don't have a business partner, the business isn't going to happen. And yeah, in those yeah. cases, absolutely. But if you can do a business by yourself, then you should. Yeah. Because I found with business partnerships, there's just different values there, I think, a lot of times. And everybody, no value is necessarily like right or wrong. But for me, it's always been really important to me things like I want our staff to think of this like a career. I don't want to yeah. be like, you know, some of our competitors where they pay staff minimum wage and they're going through a new employee every week. Like I want, I want to show staff, like I value them. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, from when we opened, we've offered medical and dental insurance. We're adding 401k this year. I mean, so. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Kristen Denzer, who is an experienced entrepreneur. She started a couple of different companies in completely different industries, and we get into some of the challenges and tribulations that she ran into when creating those companies. We, we talk about the inspiration, why she started them, you know, some of the things that she learned along the way, and then how she exited those, those first two companies. But really what we focus on is her newest company, which is, she's the, the CEO and founder of this company, which is uh, Tierra Encantada, which is a Spanish immersion early education company. They have big, big plans for this company and are doing a fantastic job. Currently, she has about 100 employees or so, and she is actually starting to franchise her opportunity. So we get into the challenges that she had to overcome and realizations that she came to when she was you know, growing her company and, and realizing that, that franchising was one of the best options that she could use to take her company to the next level. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy Kristen on today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. My, uh, my mom is a, a true Midwestern mom with lots of hot dishes. Um, we ate dinner together as a family every night. Mm -hmm. And it was just the four of us. I have a little sister. And so just basically catching up and having hot dish, yeah, <laughs> tater tot, <yeah>. especially. <laughs> tater tots was a favorite, huh? Yep. What, what, uh, what, what city did you guys grow up in? Minnesota, the Twin Cities. So I grew up in Cottage Grove. Okay. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So were you expressing entrepreneurialism, you know, at an early age, were you, did you have any types of, you know, projects or things that you were trying to launch when you were a little, a little kid? You know, not really. I mean, I like babysat, I think like, mm -hmm. like half of the, half of the kids when they were little, I did grow up though. My, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, he 
had a gas station and land and bought other commercial uh, properties. And so that was that was a bit of inspiration seeing him with that. Mm-hmm. My parents weren't entrepreneurs, but just in professional careers. So yeah. that that helped. But no, not any projects, I guess, growing up like that. Yeah. Did you did you uh, spend any time with your grandfather, like on those projects and on on his lands and sites and all of that? Not on his linen sites, but I did. Uh, I did spend a lot of time at his gas station. I remember emptying the vending machines and getting getting the coin, <laughs> getting the yeah. coins, and that was that was a, a very memorable experience. I also remember uh, he he was mayor of Cottage Grove too, okay. and so I remember being in the back of the pickup truck when when kids still did that, and yeah. putting out you know the campaign signs, and so. I definitely was around that growing up with him. That's great. That's great. Yeah, those those types of experiences. So we've interviewed probably about 100 uh, entrepreneurs, and it always seems like most of the entrepreneurs always have some type of, you know, inspiration growing up as uh, as a child with, with, you know, some type of entrepreneurialism or somebody who's in business. So um, so it's great to, to hear that you had that uh, that inspiration. So now, did you go to college or anything? Yeah, I did. I uh, I went to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. I got a bachelor's in psychology and political mm-hmm. science, and then I got a master's in advocacy and leadership and went back for a PhD, but oh, did wow. not do the dissertation. So everything okay. but the dissertation and evaluation, educational policy, like surveys, focus groups, things like that. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So what, what, what was your I guess, what did you do after college? How did you start advancing into where you are today? Yeah, so uh, after after doing my bachelor's degree, I got a job working at the U of M in alumni and external relations, so fundraising, events, things like that. And during during that time, I had, I had friends that were starting to get married. I got engaged myself, and a high school friend of mine, we are still very close. We were eating for lunch one day and we were just talking about how basically wedding decor is kind of a ripoff. Like what you pay to rent it is mm-hmm. what you pay to buy it. And we were like, we can do this, you know? So, so we did, that was the first business I started. And I had that while working at the, at that job, I worked uh, as a communications and development director at a nonprofit. Okay. And then I started doing consulting and did the event rental company too. And so doing like program evaluation projects. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first first business I started. And then two years later, I started a second business with her as well, the, a dog daycare. Okay. And so I had, I was doing consulting I had the dog daycare, I had the event rental company. I had a child and I was doing my graduate coursework. So it was a little busy. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, my God. <laughs> So what happened to the first, the, 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 uh, wedding company, what, where'd that one go? Yeah. So let's see, I started that with her in 2008. I bought her out a couple of years into it and I grew that. I mean, we were doing like 500 events a year. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and what exactly were you doing? Like explain you know, what that, what that yeah. business did. So when we first when we first started, it was just chair covers and table okay. linens. So like those okay. fabric pieces that make a chair look nicer. Mm-hmm. And 
expanded it over time to do ceiling draping, lighting, up lights. Uh, after I bought her out, I added a lot of stuff on floral design, shivari chairs, charger, I mean, just pretty much anything that you needed for an event we had. And so okay. like huge nonprofit galas, tons of weddings, things like that. So decoration items, basically. Okay. And then day of like help planning, yeah. event planning type stuff. Very cool. And and how did you, I mean, 500 weddings or 500 events a year. I mean, that's that's quite a few events you're doing, you know, pretty well every day, every weekend. How did you, how did you, Number one, how did you grow like that? How did you get your your name out? And and number two, how did you manage you know all of that inventory and in and out? And this wasn't rented yet for this weekend. How did you set up all the systems and processes that allowed you to do that? Yeah, so you know it was a it was a really great first business because with that it didn't require a lot of startup capital. I mean, a mm-hmm. couple thousand dollars, very little, I mean, no financing or anything because you needed samples. So you show people samples, you'd book the events and then you'd buy the items you needed, you know, a month before or so. Okay. And so it was an easy thing to like slowly like add stuff when you needed it. But within, I want to say a year or so, we, we, I mean, we were out of our homes. And so we were like, okay, we need a space. And so yeah. we got like a warehouse and we're still doing the laundering out of our homes, which was awful. Like, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> it was awful. And then uh, when I bought her out, I bought a I bought a commercial building that I put it in, and, and it was it was really nice because it was a large commercial building, mm-hmm. and it had a lot. It had like a full basement, and then it had an upstairs. So we had like a showroom. We had a laundry area, and so I was able to use that to grow and have more of like a show place for people to come in and meet, which helped yeah. a lot. Yeah. But I think, I think part of it too is, I mean, obviously customer service, word of mouth. And mm-hmm. I just, I really, really worked hard, I guess, to try to make sure people had a good level of customer service. We had a fair number of staff, a lot, but because of the hours of it, I mean, 95% of it was, was, Friday to Sunday. I mean, okay. almost everything was that during that time frame. Yeah. And so we would need a lot of people to work like a lot that weekend. Yeah. And uh, so I think, you know, I think in terms of like systems or processes, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know if I would ever say we, I got like that official with it. If, okay. You know I mean, okay. I, mean yep. I would document like, okay, when you, you know, launder these, make sure you use this chemical if you have this, or I mean, like some of that, those things, but it just never got to the point where I think I went to that level because it was, it was a really, it was a really stressful business because when everybody gets to relax, you know, like the time everybody's having fun is when you're constantly worried that staff member is going to call on sick. I mean, the fall I sold it, and sold off all the extra stuff was we had a a weekend in October. We had like 22 weddings one weekend. Oh my God. Wow. And I had like six staff call in and I spent no joke. I mean, I want to say it was like 6 a.m. on Friday through the night until 5 p.m. on Saturday. Had to go back to do takedowns for Saturday's wedding at 2 a.m. Had to do multiple because staff called in and I mean, like, so I'm driving the box truck and we still had a number of staff that were working, but we had so many weddings. I mean, and that's the thing about events is most venues, they give you a one or two hour window window to take stuff down. And so 
it's just it's super strong and that was just like the last weekend for me because the mar like the margin on that business was nowhere near as good as even like the dog daycare and yeah, so for yeah. me it was just this isn't worth it i don't want to deal with this anymore yeah no that makes sense that makes sense so then you started the dog daycare and how, how did that one end up how did you well how did you get into that and then how did you exit it or what what ended up happening happening with it yeah so that one uh that same friend, we were we were setting up a wedding and tying sashes around chairs, and I was telling her about um, I was on the board of uh, animal rescue, okay, and there was somebody that was involved with that rescue that had just started a dog daycare, and I had chatted with him about it, and he was just telling me about how great it was, like how profitable it was, how I don't want to say easy, but like how it was yeah. a really great business to try, and so I brought it up to her and was like, you know we should, we should do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she was just all in. And so. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. We, we're kind of the type of people that are full steam ahead. So as soon as it was like, yep, we're going to do this. And we're like, all right. So the next day we're like searching, looking for properties. We found a huge warehouse, like a 20, 25,000 square foot warehouse. Okay. We did not get any like financing. We just credit cards and wow. uh, uh, some money savings. Just went for it, huh? That's great. We were there like painting. Our houses yeah. were there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, and we worked there for the first, I mean, us too because we're very we don't want to lose money i mean so yeah. if we didn't have enough dogs to ju justify the staff we were there so we yeah. would take turns all day all night you know um, that is cool though i mean i i love i love dogs so that is a you know a great a great thing to be a part of it was it i love dogs too and i, I mean i was on an animal so i love dogs i grew up yeah. with dogs and so it was super fun because i got to see so many different types of breeds that you just yeah i don't know it was a it was really fun but so within a month or two, it cash flowed. And then essentially over the next six months, we stopped working there completely and had both of them then, the event rental and the dog daycare. But at that point, it was just me doing the event rental, her doing the dog daycare. Yeah. So then I had kids. I had had kids before we started the dog daycare, but I had kids and I was looking for childcare. And I just couldn't find anything that was what I wanted. We were moving over to the east side of the Twin Cities and there was just no language immersion. There was only one center that was even close to what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And they had like a two-year wait list. And so wow. having started other stuff, I was just like, you know, I can do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you jumped right into it. So, so you still had the other two businesses at that point too. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so 2013, I uh, started Tira. So I had it in my head that I needed to find a previous daycare site. So it has to be something that was a daycare before is what I okay. thought I needed. I did get my first loan, business loan for that one, a small business loan, 7A. 
and found an old daycare, which shows me how wrong I was about that idea because I literally demoed the entire space and redid it. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> but, but yeah, so 2013 through 2016, I owned all three. And in 2016, I sold my half of the dog daycare because I wanted to buy a building for my daycare. Mm-hmm. And then the event rental company I sold, but like, I, I didn't like put it out for sale and wait. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm done yeah. now. Yeah, and so I contacted it. a competitor and negotiated, you know, price. And then the rest, I just put up for action just so I could wash my hands of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So talk a little bit about the, the uh, company you have, Tara Enchanta. Is that how you say it? Tierra Encantada. Tierra Encantada. So how did you come up with that name? So that, you know, honestly, I, uh, I wrote lots of ideas that sounded nice in both languages, mm-hmm. but also had a feel of what I was going for because I mean, we do organic food and oh, wow. I, I played around with a lot of combinations of different things and then went to, you know, a domain site and figured out what was available. Yeah. And then I just asked some thoughts of different friends of mine and, it landed on Tierra and and it sounds nice in both languages. I mean, in English, it's Enchanted Land. I wanted yeah. something that sounded like a daycare too. Yep, yep. So I love it. I love it. So, so what are what what's the differentiator with that? I mean, you you mentioned that you're doing organic foods. You know, what what do the programs look like? What what was uh, you know what types of things did you implement there? Yeah. So we are definitely very unique when you think about some of like the top ten childcare providers not only our meal program. So we, every one of our centers has its own commercial kitchen on site with oh, cooks. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we are able to accommodate a huge variety of different special food needs and allergies, mm-hmm. but our recipes are things like couscous with tofu or quinoa oh, with wow. avocado. I mean, things that most kids never get to try unless they have a, you know, a parent that just really, you know, makes that and really loves that. And I think a lot of those types of things can be a little intimidating for families to make if they've mm-hmm. never made it before. But then also the language immersion. So kids are immersed in Spanish. So every part of the day is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So the teachers only speak Spanish. I mean, so it's like how we learn English. I mean, yeah. when you're a baby, your mom isn't like this, like very intentionally doing things like that. It's natural. You're yeah. immersed yeah. in it. And then the final piece, well, I guess two other pieces that make us different is we offer cloth diapers. So it's our own cloth diaper. We have them for the kids in our care. They can't go home in them, but throughout the day. And so it's it's eco-friendly. But then also we have over the years created our own proprietary curriculum. And with that, in early education, a lot of the curriculum is outdated. You could Mm -hmm. say it doesn't really represent i guess make make all children feel represented is maybe a good way to put it and Mm -hmm. that's always been something that's very important to me is that we reflect not just you know the diversity of say race and ethnicity but also a family type because we have a lot of families where there's two moms there's two dads transgender child i mean and if kids don't feel feel whole like in their environment if they feel like they're you know odd then Mm -hmm. that just impacts how they feel about themselves and so that's another thing that makes us different and special so it's all inclusive and and uh yeah that's that's really that's amazing so what what types of you're obviously teaching spanish are you teaching other 
skills, maths and all of that as well? Or what, what types yeah. of programs do you offer? Yeah, so think of it like this. Spanish is the language that the curriculum is delivered through. So okay. it is similar to any other like early education program in terms of best practices with social emotional development, early literacy skills, math, but the vehicle that that is being given to children in is Spanish. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. And, and what have been some of the challenges that you've run into with building this, this company? I would say I probably waited a little too long to have corporate staff. Okay. <laughs> Up until last summer, it was just me and our uh, COO. Okay. Uh, and I mean, at that point, we were, what, $5 million? I mean, and we had a lot of employees and stuff. And so in the last 18 months, that's what I've really focused on. And now we have 20 plus corporate staff and okay. it has just made things so much easier, better, higher quality. I mean, all around, that's something I definitely should have did earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how did you go about finding some of those? So you had a CEO, what was the next hire that you, that you brought on, you know, after that one? HR coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that is always, that is always a, a challenge going through all of that. We're actually doing that right now, onboarding everybody here. So we have our director of operations. That's kind of what he, he, helps with, with uh, all the HR stuff. So, so we're still kind of in that transition period ourselves where you know still wearing a couple different hats. But what, so what other types of, of people did you bring in early on or within the last you know, 18 months or so? Yeah. So the HR coordinator was definitely a key one, though I, even that though, I went about honestly the wrong way. I mean, I was kind of thinking of it like a position. They're going to obviously do HR, but they also could help with multiple things, you know? Yeah. And so it was important that they had certain backgrounds, but I didn't stress the longevity of experience in HR, which was definitely a mistake because we have an amazing HR manager now that mm -hmm. has a decade of experience and it has been like the difference maker. <laughs> and, yeah. but uh, after that, the next two hires was a person to do like bookkeeping. We'd outsource it. Yep. And then uh, office manager, just help with miscellaneous yep. stuff. And then we were launching franchising last spring. And so I really believe in do it once, do it right. And so, yeah. you know, I wanted to make sure that we had the structure, the staff in place so that as we have franchisees come on, it's not like it's just me and I'm busy, you know, like they actually have people that they can have as resources to make sure like every week they can connect with them. And so mm -hmm. uh, hired franchise person, a marketing person, and now we, I mean, now we have a lot of different, we have people in family relations. We have, oh yeah, last year we did, we hired a, a full-time curriculum coordinator. She's a master's okay. in curriculum design. But so really like we kind of flesh out all the different areas. The only area we don't have somebody hired right now in is IT because okay. I just don't know if the need is there for like a full, full person yet. Yeah. Yeah. Soon though. No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So how are you finding these people and how are you qualifying them as being someone that you match with and can do a good job yeah you know i think <laughs> that's a that's a tough one because it is so hard to know that yeah and if there's anything i've learned in the last year because we have certainly made hires in the last year that were like "Ooh, this is this wasn't the best hire the one thing i've learned is to be very straightforward in the interview process mm -hmm. about everything about the, like the position. And when we hired our HR manager, 
I was super honest. I was like, the person we had in this before didn't have a lot of experience and honest, like you're going to come in, you're going to be creating a lot, like a lot of yeah. systems, a lot of processes, like this is what you're going to be coming into. And I, and I told people in the interview process, because if people know what they're coming into and then seeing how they talk to you about that and their yeah. reaction, how, you know, I think that really helps weed out some of that. And then having our, ha having our HR manager, because having somebody focused specifically on HR to that has experience. So knows what a normal pay is for something, knows what the normal benefits are that does the screening and then does the phone interviews and finds those questions out before you get involved. It has just been a huge help for us. And so yeah. I would say that has been a really big help too. No, that makes sense. So, so you mentioned some of the, the, the franchising and all of that. How has that worked for you? I mean, are you are you able to obviously expand your footprint out into you know other other geographies? I guess I mean, there's a lot of questions there. Are you, how did you how did you come up with the franchising option? Was that kind of always on the the product path? And then, like I said, how did you go about launching that? Yeah. No, it was not. I was actually pretty uh, pretty not interested, pretty opposed to it. Um, I had been approached by people about franchising and I just, I, Tira, Tira of, of all the different things I've done, of all the different businesses I've done, Tira is one that is really close to my heart. Like I, I really, I guess, I don't know, it, it is me. I like, I really believe in it. I, I really, it's not like I didn't care about the other business, but I like really care about it. And for that, to franchise, I was just worried that, I don't know, a franchisee would I don't, offer like a crappy option or something. Yeah, it yeah. would be, they would dilute the brand. I just, I was worried about all of that. And I, I wanted to do our own growth. Like I wanted to do corporate growth. I wanted to do that expansion myself, not using franchisees nor outside capital. Cause I was also approached to do a national expansion with an equity firm. And I just, I wanted to do that myself because I feel like I've already had a I've already had a business part. I've already had a business partner, and it's not to say there's anything wrong with having a business partner because sometimes if you don't have a business partner, the business isn't going to happen. And yeah, in those yeah. cases, absolutely. But if you can do a business by yourself, then you should. Yeah. Because I found with business partnerships, there's just different values there. I think a lot of times, and everybody, no value is necessarily like right or wrong, but for me it's always been really important to me things like I want our staff to think of this like a career. I don't want to yeah. be like, you know, some of our competitors where they pay staff minimum wage and they're going through a new employee every week. Like I want, I want to show staff, like I value them. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, from when we opened, we've offered medical and dental insurance, we're adding 401k this year. I mean, so those things make it hard. And so with franchising, how I kind of got to that is, there's daycare is a pretty saturated industry, you could say, but saturated in the sense of kind of the same old, same old type of center. Yeah, right. So I thought national expansion and I was buying my building. So I own all the buildings except for one. Mm -hmm. Well, buying requires a lot more equity than, yeah, than exactly. leasing does. Yeah. And I, uh, I had picked my first out of state location. Okay. I was going to open. I had done all this research. I had somebody working on it for like six months, narrowing it down to five. Then I picked the final one. We'd been looking at buildings. And then a competitor announced they were opening one there with a franchisee. And I was just okay. like, oh my, I was like devastated because I just spent so much time. I had no idea like they were looking or anything. And I was just like, oh. and that kind of made me realize, okay, if I don't franchise, then 
I'm going to not fulfill the vision that I have, yeah. which is for right. us to be in the top 10. And I feel like comparing, like comparing us to competitors, even, I just feel like we should be the ones there because of how the whole package, like not just what we have in our program, but how we treat staff, because how you treat staff is important. I mean, for us, we always say employees are number one, because I mean, if you don't have happy employees, you're not going to have happy customers. That's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. So have you, how did you go about setting up again, all of the, the franchise package, franchisee package, I guess you can say like what I'm assuming you have to systematize all of that. I mean, is there, you need, you know, this much space for this many kids, you know, I mean, how, how did you set all of that, all of those types of questions up? Yeah. So I was really fortunate that the small, like the attorney team that I had used for miscellaneous things, they were like a small business law firm in the Twin Cities. And they had one of the partners is a franchisee and one is a franchisor. And okay. so talking to them helped like dissuade some of my concerns and stuff about making sure we have very clear and brand standards and stuff. Yeah, but, right. So once that, so once I found that out about that site, like within a month, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. And so it was full steam ahead. I mean, within a month and a half, we had our whole FDD and wow. uh, we registered. And by May, I think it was the last state we were registered every state except Hawaii. Okay. And, and uh, for all the, for all of the document systems, policies, I mean, at this point, when we did this, I already had three centers open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had opened two in two years, you know, between 2016 and 2018, I'd opened two. And now I've opened two since then. And I just had already done this so many times where it's open, open, mm -hmm. open, you know, and so you already we, had that process. Already, yeah, yeah, we already had, you know, a good system down to do this and to help franchisees with this. And it really helped for me because I uh, I was actually the general contractor for oh very cool for the Bryant location project and then for our expansion at Egan, and I have been the one that does all of the city stuff like the variances, conditional use permit, all yeah. that stuff. And so I have been involved with literally every piece of our company. And so when we have franchisees, I can help with that because because they're, they're doing that, but we have yeah. a really great team now too. And we have a former like planning person from a city too, that helps with that too. That's amazing. I love it. What, what types of tools are you guys using to, to, to create all of your documentation in that? Is it all in Google drives or are you using any other types of tools to be able to create and track and manage all that? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a few different software suites. So we definitely are a G suite, a G suite mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. um, I love G suite, but we have, ProCare, which is a childcare management software. Okay. And it is uh, it, not beyond just a childcare management. It actually has like a time card function with like thumbprint and code. And so that's really helpful because then you can have it all into this online system. Yeah. And then we also, for franchisees specifically, we use FranConnect. And so FranConnect, I think it's the most widely known software for it for franchisees specifically, because you can set up, you can, you have all your documentation, you can add trainings mm -hmm. and news and all things like that, deadlines. And so that's what we use for that. Yeah, that's amazing. So what's next for you guys? What are you, uh, what are you planning now? More centers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we, so we started franchising a year and a half ago. We, we have franchisees in Virginia, Alabama, Texas, North Carolina, Minnesota. And 
we're also doing corporate centers. So we have two leases already signed. We're opening one in Chicago next year and then another one here in Minnesota. We have another three sites that we're looking at. And so our, my goal that I told my team is five corporate centers next year, five. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, our goal is within the next five years to have at least a hundred is the goal. So continuing growing through both corporate and franchise growth. I love it. I love it. This is, uh, you've really had quite a, an entrepreneurial story here. So this has been fantastic. And, you know, certainly thank you again for being on the show and wish you nothing but success with the, the franchisees, your own corporate expansions and, and uh, can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.